Thank you for downloading this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We pray that you receive encouragement from the study of God's Holy Word and that you will grow in the faith and understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hello there, everybody. It's good to see you. It's a day he rose. We celebrate this day. This is, uh, well, I get a little ahead of myself. This is the I Defy You Day. So, one of the things that to me is remarkable about, remarkable about Easter and I, I just want to make a caveat here. I know some folks don't like the term Easter because of the connotation with the Roman gods and this sort of thing. I, I guess for this morning, let's just say we recognize Easter. If I use that term, please don't be mad at me. I'm just saying this is a day I rec- realize it and celebrate that Jesus rose. Is that all right? So if I refer to Easter, please be patient with me. It's just habit. I've never met Eshtar. Nothing there. Okay, so <laughs> what? this is a day that I remember that we're, it's not an accident date. It's a good day to remember this. We, the Lord wants relationship with us. All through the history of people, he's proven this time and time again. Time and time again. It started off with Adam. Adam was, had relationship with God. They would take a walk in the garden. That didn't go well. so, so well. They messed up. And then later on, uh, there was another opportunity. And uh, there was a new process for, for people to have relationship with God. And that didn't go so well. So the big flood came. And some people survived that. And they could have a relationship with God. And then that didn't go well. And God picked out this little group and said, I'll, I'll, I'll make a new way through this little group of people. And that didn't go well. Finally... He made a new way for us to have relationship with him, and that's through Jesus. This is not an accidental time. This is not a time that, you know, we look at and we go, Jesus is kind of random. Some guy shows up out of nowhere. He dies. He goes up into heaven. This is not that kind of day. This is a time we celebrate a process, attempts from God since the history of mankind. This is a big day. There was an interesting study done. It was done by Barna, some research, and they looked at uh, amongst believers, and they said, you know, what, what percentage of believers believe that, that the Easter or this day, celebrating this day, is the most important holiday of the year? What percent believe it's the most important one? Most important re- believers are meant to remember. I'm not sure about calling it holiday. It seems kind of odd to say that word aloud. 2% said it's the most important one. Only 2%. No, I don't know where the other percentages, where, the other, where they came up with their other percentages. Maybe they said Christmas. Maybe they said my birthday. I mean, I, I don't know what they said. But only 2%. This is, a, this is a moment in time that continues God's time with us. This is a special thing. So I don't know about you, but I am excited. I am. Only a th- couple things can dampen my excitement. That's wearing a sport coat. You know, when I was a kid, this is totally a tangent. When I was a kid, we went to church in a place in Alaska, and it was very laid back. The culture in Alaska is very laid back, and it's very casual. And I would go to church wearing jeans and a T-shirt and whatever else, and everybody else went to church wearing jeans and a T-shirt. And then we moved to Milwaukee, which is very conservative and very traditional. True? You Milwaukeeans, you know this? And my dad said, Jimmy, you need to start dressing up for church. Why? And this started a 30-year war. 
And it went on and on and on. And I'm convinced after all these years, I have learned that I am still right. (laughs) Dressing up for church is not the most exciting thing for me. I'm teasing. This is a good day. It is a good day. I want to look at a verse. The Bible's full of them. So I wanted to pick a sliver out of something that we could focus on today. Just a, just a springboard for us. Something that captures what this day is about. Are you with me? Yeah. All right. Or unless you want to read the whole Bible. We can take turns. We have a lot of batteries for our microphones. Go ahead. Let's, let's look at this. Let's just jump in here. Matthew 26, verse 30 for 32. And when they had sung a hymn, who's they? Jesus and 11 of his disciples. Judas has taken off. They've just finished the Passover meal, the Last Supper. They've just finished it. And they had sung a hymn. They went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, this is a big statement. This is very appropriate for us to read on a big day like this. You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Okay. There's a lot going on in that little segment of verse. Let's break it down just a bit. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away me because of this night. You will all fall away. And boy, did they ever. Just a few hours later, Jesus was arrested. The scriptures say that the disciples fled in terror. Terror. They were on the lamb. They didn't know what was going to happen to them. They fled in terror. For it is written. This is another thing that's going on in this statement. Jesus is saying, look, I'm connected to prophecy. For it is written. He's talking about Zechariah chapter 13. There's a prophetic statement in there about the messianic time, time of Jesus, and the things that are going to be going on. So Jesus is saying, I'm connected to prophecy. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd. He's the shepherd. He's saying, I'm going to die. And the sheep of the flock will be scattered. All kinds of stuff happening in this segment. Then he goes on, but after I'm raised up, now he's saying, I'm going to be raised up. Prophecy says I'm going to be struck down. I'm going to be raised up. And I'll go ahead of you and I'll meet you in Galilee. That is a lot to say, isn't it? This is a big sentence. He's saying in one fell swoop, I'm connected to the Old Testament, this process that God put in place for relationship. I'm connected to it. And I'm using my words, okay? I'm a lot, of, a lot of narrowing in words, so please be fit, stay with me here. But I'm connected to it. I'm going to go down. I'm going to die. You're going to run, but I'm going to be raised up, and I'll see you in Galilee. This is big. This is really big. We know what goes on. Don't we? They come, they get them, they bring them, they put them on the cross. You know, other things happen in there, but basically that's what they did. They put him on the cross. He's not in a good way. He's on the cross. Okay, now let's, let's move on, Brad. Matthew 27, verse 50 through 53. And Jesus cried out again as he's hanging up at the cross, and he yielded up his spirit. This is it. He died. Everything happened exactly the way he said it would happen. Again, the guy scattered. It was a terrible night. Judas betrayed him. He dies. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. By the way, you know how wide the curtain of the temple is? The width of a man's hand. That is one wide curtain. That's the thickness of the curtain. I've got some, we have some room darkening curtains in our house. 
They're much, much less thick. That's a thick curtain. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went to the holy city and appeared to many. Jesus makes this statement that leads to this huge finish. It's a huge finish. When he dies, this, the curtain in the temple tears. There's a huge earthquake, a rock-splitting earthquake, not a tremor, a rock-splitting earthquake. The tombs, you know, in that part of the world, the tombs are just you closed over with rock in different ways, whether it's a cave or a mound. So these rocks are splitting and they open up. And when Jesus rose three days later, many of the saints got up and walked out. This is a big happening. Are you still with me? I want to make sure you're there. The question is, how do we, did it really happen? I mean, did it happen? If it happened, if it's true, how are we not compelled to be connected to God in a serious way? If somebody gets up from the dead, how are we not compelled to follow them and listen to them and give them our attention? We're compelled. It's not a casual statement. Ryan just shared a couple minutes ago, if Ryan would die and get up three days later, he has my attention. If he would talk, I would really listen. But if, it predict, if he predicted that he was going to do it and got up, that's really something. There's all kinds of evidence that Jesus did, in fact, get up. Now, this morning, I don't want to share all the evidence. We don't have all the time. But there is volumes of it. There's even just some common sense responses. Some of these I've shared in the past. I want to share them again. When he rose, the very first, two, very first people to find him risen were women. If it was a scam, if he really didn't rise, they wouldn't use women as the first testimonies because back then women were not considered good witnesses. They were not allowed to be witnesses in a court of law. We've come a long way since then, haven't we, ladies? But they weren't allowed. So if you're going to set up this whole scam that, in fact, Jesus, Jesus didn't really raise, we'll just you know, make it look like a plant, you wouldn't have women. You would take very credible men to say, oh, sorry, everybody. You wouldn't use women. Another thing, his body was never found. The linens were found where he was. But the body wasn't found. If we want to disprove, hey, by the way, it was nice that my mom and dad just sat together. I thought you guys were having a fight or something. <laughs> mom, do you know I'm still talking about you? <laughs> that was a lot of fun picking my parents. I'm just having a good time there. Anyway, his body wasn't found. You know, if there was some speculation by people, they said, you know, the Romans took the body. Romans wouldn't take the body. Let's just use common sense for a minute, okay? If they know there's a whole uprising of people getting rabid in their faith because they think this guy rose from the dead and they really have the body, what would they have done? They would have shown the body. They would have said, you remember this guy? Now go relax. Forget about it. But they didn't. There was no body. The linens were there. If you take a body, do you unwrap the body first? No, that's gross. Another one, all the witnesses. And there were a lot of witnesses. 
a lot of witnesses. You know, we read about in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, there's mentions of different witnesses. The apostles saw, and at one gathering there's 500 that saw, and other people saw. But there were also people of the time that saw. They wrote it down. There's histori- Historians have written this down. Some are still non-believers, which I think is very funny. Somebody writes it down. They, they don't believe he's the one, but they still write it down. I think, well, that's odd. But they did. Uh, the, some of these neutral historians, uh, Josephus, uh, Tacitus, a Roman historian, a senator, he actually talked explicitly about Jesus' crucifixion. So he spends most of his time talking about the crucifixion. Uh, there's another Roman historian who talked about the impact of Jesus and Christians and what's happening at the time. The term Christian wasn't really the term used, by the way, but it was the first group of believers. And suet, suetonus. Suet it? I'm looking at Ryan like he would know what I'm talking about. It's Latin. Yeah, Ryan's a Greek guy, not a Latin guy. I'm sorry, I'll, I'm happy to show it to you in writing later on if you want to see what I'm talking about. Um, and of course, there's non-neutral writers that talk about being evidenced or you know bearing witness to the resurrection. Um, Clement, Paul, Luke, Mark, some of these guys. There are other examples or other things that we can hold on to, um, types of evidence. Uh, one of them, probably my most favorite one, not the biggest one to me, but my most favorite one is before the crucifixion, remember, the disciples ran. Remember, they ran in terror? If you're on the lamb, what would make you stop running and all of a sudden turn around and be bold all at once? And bold even to the point of your own crucifixion, or your own death, or your own execution. What would make you do that? And the disciples were like that. They were afraid. They ran. They would hide. They went into a room. They stayed together. But then, all of a sudden, they became bold. They were going out and about. Now, we believe what the Bible says is they saw Jesus. They saw the risen Jesus. Remember, it's very compelling not to give him your full attention. And if Jesus says, look, I got up, I got from the dead, that's very compelling to think that, gee, I guess I don't have to worry about death. My physical being may die, but I'm going to resurrect. Jesus said I would. And the saints were saints come out of the tombs, and they're walking around too. They saw something. And probably the most compelling bit of evidence is that all of these things are together as evidence. Sometimes we have to look at the entirety of the situation, not just one random thing. Somebody can come back and say, well, Jim, well, you're wrong about this. Yes, but what about the entirety of what I've shared? And remember, I've just shared a sliver for the sake of our time together. He rose. He said he would. He said he was connected to that journey that God had made for man, and he proved it. Today, we remember it. Today's not just a, a random day that we have in the calendar. It's not just a religious church holiday. This is a day we declare that he did, in fact, rise. We believe it. We're certain in this. There's a... Some of you have heard things like this before. There was a Muslim man who was pretty serious in his faith, and one day he decided to become a Christian. And one of his friends had asked him, you know, why would you, why would you want to do that? 
And he said, imagine this. You come to a Y in the road. Do I take this way or do I take that way? And one way there's a dead man in it. One way there's a live man in it. Which way do you go? You take the live man way. You don't want to step over a corpse, right? Muhammad is dead. Jesus is alive. This is the day. Let's look at the next one, Brad. For I delivered to you, this is 1 Corinthians 15, for I delivered to you of first importance what I also received. This, by the way, that sentence is talking about the testimony he knows from witnesses who saw Jesus. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. In other words, he said he was going to do it, and he did it. And if Christ had not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. And if Christ, has not, if, if Christ has not been raised and your faith is futile and you are still in your sins, look, everybody, if Jesus didn't get up, we are wasting our time here. Let's go back to bed. Let's do something else. Everybody, coffee at Bill's house. Come on! I mean, really. We believe it. He rose. This is the miracle of miracles. Being dead for three days. I've heard this theory. I don't know if you've heard this theory that he wasn't actually dead. When Jesus was on the cross, he didn't actually die. It was all a big mistake. They put him in a tomb, but he was just sleeping. Has anybody heard that before? The sleeping theory? That might be one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. If we kick this back a little bit and we go into common sense, what do we run into? We run into the fact that this guy's wrapped up in swaddling clothes like a mummy. He's put into a tomb, and a big rock with guards are put there. And he just disappears. Gee, what's the bigger miracle? Isn't that a dumb one? He died, and there's witnesses, including non-believers. Non-believers. And three days later, he gets up, and there's witnesses, including non-believers. We live in a very cynical society. I'll, you know, I'll believe it when I see it kind of stuff. But today, we declare he did rise. He did. There's something in it for us too, Brad. Philippians 3. I love how Paul says this. It's a well-known set of, set of verses here. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible. By any means possible. I'll tell you, you know, if you come, you, you, you parents know this, you come at my kids, by any means possible, I'm going to try and stop you. If there's a danger, a physical danger. True? You parents know what I'm talking about? Grandparents, you do the same thing, wouldn't you? At least for the kids you love? <laughs> So we know this. Yeah, grandkids, we're all there. We know by any means possible, we know how big of a statement that is. By any means possible. Paul says, by any means possible, that I may attain the resurrection from the dead. What does he want? He wants the same thing. He wants to attain the resurrection. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had made me his own. By any means possible, I want that. Today we remember. Today we remember that Jesus got up. Jesus left. He got out of the, out of the tomb. It was nothing. 
and he walked around and he did Jesus things for another 40 days before he went to heaven? And now in heaven, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father as our intercessor. And Paul is saying, by any means possible, I want the same thing. Meaning, I want to rise from I want resurrection. A lot of people paying a lot of money just to look young. Just to look young. Not everybody has my kind of animal magnetism. What is that compared to resurrection? I mean, it's nothing. There are a lot of people that work out. My wife bought me a great shirt, a T-shirt. I can't wear it when I'm preaching. I'm wearing a T-shirt, you know, although I do look good in anything. <laughs> I got to really watch it, you know. If you don't know me, you're thinking, this guy's really arrogant. <laughs> I say, just being a goof. What is this shade in the shirt, Leah? Running. I would go jogging, but I remember that verse in the Bible said only the wicked flee in great haste or something like that. You get the idea? So a lot of people, that was too much time figuring that out. A lot of people <laughs> spend a lot of time working out and they spend time in their looks, but we have, we follow, today's a day we go, oh yeah, that's right. We follow a Lord who rose from the dead all by himself. Nobody was, you know, getting the shocks. Nobody's doing anything all by himself. He gets out of a closed tomb with guards. And he walked around. And a bunch of people saw him. And he did more miracles. This is a day, oh yeah, he's real. Oh yeah, he does stuff. I remember that now. I remember today. You know, we have these Easter dinners. Some of you are going to dinner later, maybe with family, or you do different things today. We have to take time to remember this is the day. And you know what else? We all get in on it. We all get this resurrection that Paul talks about. By all things, I may attain this by any means possible. That you may obtain this. If you have never, ever put yourself in a place, you don't know if you're going to attain the resurrection. Let me tell you, you're really missing out. I mean, who doesn't want to, anybody not want to obtain a resurrection? Every, we, who doesn't want to obtain it? We remember today, this is our day to remember him and the fact that we're in on it too. If you want to obtain the resurrection, I'm going to give you a chance in just a minute. I'm just going to, this is my foreshadowing here that this is going to come. Know that in a minute, I'm going to ask you for a, I'm going to ask you a question and to be involved. Letting that soak in. Some of you, you've known about this. You know about the resurrection. You've been all over the resurrection. Maybe for years, you've got the resurrection thing wired in your head. Yeah, 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 I got this, I got this. But you have kind of put it in the back burner in your mind. You know that the kind of relationship Jesus is calling for is real relationship. Kind of walked away from that. You let life get in the way. You've been distracted. You watch too many TV shows. Maybe you're a Bears fan. Whatever may have gotten in front of you and God needs to go away. So in just a minute, I'm going to ask you a question, letting it soak in. How can we not celebrate the fact that we serve a God that's alive, that got up? This is not a light thing. 
And just because we weren't standing there doesn't mean it didn't happen. You weren't standing there when I was born, but yet here I am. So please stand up if you will. Now, i got to tell you what. Usually what happens is this. We make an opportunity. We say, hey, does anybody here want to establish a relationship with the Lord? And it seems like it's a funeral dirge. Real quiet and somber. If you want to make a relationship with the Lord today, I want to celebrate it. The Bible says the angels in heaven rejoice when one person wants to do this. When one person says, Lord, be Lord of my life. You got up from the dead. I'm going to follow you. You got my attention. I need you to forgive me, and I'm going to follow you. I'm with you. When one person does that, the angels celebrate in heaven. Just one. Just one. So, I want to celebrate with them. I really do. If you have never done that before, if you've never said, I believe that you did in fact get up, and you have my attention again, and I'm going to follow you, if that's you, give me, show me a hand. Just, just give me a wave. Oh, come on now. Don't be a chicken. Wave. All right, I can't tell if there's a wave. Honestly, some of you behind other people, I can't see all of you all the way. But you know who you are. If you did give me a wave after service, I want you to come find me. I just want to shake your hand. I want to talk to you and pray for you. Does that sound good? I'm not going to ask you for your email address. I'm not going to ask you to do things in church. I'm not going to ask you to sign our membership list. I'm just going to talk to you, shake your hand, pray for you, congratulate you, because it's a huge celebration. Now, if, you have, if you've felt distant at all from God, if you let stuff get in the way and you want to redeclare, reaffirm that God is your God, that Jesus rose from the dead, he is your Lord, you're going to do right by him. If you redeclare that, let me see your hand. Two people. Thank God for two people. All right, there we go. We got more people. There has to be more than this. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you. But then when you walk out of here, you pray for you too. Okay? Lord God, you saw these hands. You saw them a lot better than I did. And Lord, you, you know these hearts. You know the hearts of everybody gathered in the room today. Jesus, we know this is the, this is the time to celebrate you rose. We know you rose. It's the, it's the foundation of what we believe. We thank you for that resurrection. We thank you for... Well, Lord, we thank you for the whole process, for the journey, for the sacrifice, and again, Lord, the resurrection. God, I pray for everybody here who did raise their hand, that they would be refreshed and they would find you newly in ways that they didn't know about and they didn't know possible, that you would expand their thinking, give them peace, and affirming, reaffirming those relationships. Lord God, I thank you very much for this congregation. This is a day we'll have a good time with friends or family, I suppose. And we just want to very, very much declare again that it's you who is our Lord. You rose from the dead. You have our attention. You are the King of all kings. Thank you for this time. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. There could be no greater peace than knowing that Jesus got up. Nothing's going to stop us. Amen. Thank you for coming today. 
Thank you again for downloading and listening to this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We are located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And if you are looking for a church to call home or would like to visit us for one of our services, please visit our site at gracecf.us for our location and service times. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.